every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. Country boys and girls getting down on the bar. Well, well, well. Good morning, Arizona. In our outdoor living hour, Romy has a tradition of inviting good friends in, and uh, you'll be surprised to know the topic at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning with Romy's friends is beer. And you're going to have to we're, do we're a gonna really... We're going to talk about beer. Yeah, and you're going to have to do a really good job to beat septic tank talk from last week, so... Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, the better be two, on your mark. Uh, yeah, last week was two hours of septic tank talk. <laughs> Only at Rose on the House can you choose your topics between septic tanks, beer, or peaches. <laughs> Romy, introduce your beer friends. <laughs> We've got them all today. It's the first Saturday of the month here in the Outdoor Living Hour. That means we're talking farm fresh commodities. And our goal with this hour is always to connect the Arizona homeowners with all the products that are coming off of our local farms and ranches. A $23 billion industry here in the farming uh, community in our great state of Arizona. And it is a little different today when we're putting together our home maintenance calendar where we always put a promotion on what topics we'll be covering in each hour. I Julie sent me a list and said Arizona microbreweries and I had to call them like what uh, what do you have in mind here uh, Julie? <laughs> it's an ag product. <laughs> we promote ag products and wine and beer are one of them. And a growing industry in Arizona. Correct. And in fact, uh, we've got the man in the house or in the studio to tell us all about that. That is Rob Fulmer with the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild. He's our executive director. He, it's a paid job, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they, that's one of the first questions people ask is like, do they pay you in beer? Like, well, money too. But yes. Beer, yes. beer also. <laughs> and then, of course, Mark Schneff, because we have to have our farmer of, of Schneff Farms. And what do you guys say? You grow fun? Oh yes, we uh, we are family, farm, and fun. Just all about it, and uh, so we're celebrating our 80th anniversary this year. That's um, awesome. It's been going on for a long time. Uh, I'm the third generation. My kids are the fourth, and so we've got a big celebration going on. And you know, just as I rolled into the parking lot, it was 7:30. I always call my dad, who's 82, at 7:30, and we're on the phone. And Mark rolls in with his truck, and so I said, "Oh, Dad, you, he was telling me a, a story about the Schneffs," and so. This whole legacy of 80 years, my dad, who's 82 and has been farming in Arizona all his life, he knows some of your legacy. So tell us a little bit he, about he, it. He does. Well, my grandfather started the farm in 1941. Um, he was just uh, uh, farming in what's now downtown Mesa and heard about some cheap desert land out in Queen Creek, uh, went out and bought a section of ground, which is 640 acres, paid tw- $25 an acre for it, if you can imagine. And, but it was all desert. And he drove my grandmother out to take a look at it. Um, and she took one look and said, no, no way. So my dad was the oldest of seven kids. They sent, he was 19 years old. They sent he and, and my mom out there. They spent their honeymoon night in a little one-room shack on the property, uh, developed it into a, a beautiful farm, and then my grandparents moved out with the other six kids uh, three years later. But we've been farming all kinds of fun stuff, and, and I heard this uh, uh, great story from, from Julie's uh, uh, father this morning about how the, the old cotton trailers, um, I'll, I'll condense it and just say that uh, they had a contest one time, and my grandfather won uh, driving a cotton trailer over 60 miles an hour. And so it was, but I'd never it heard was, that story before. It was empty, according to it. To dad's tale, but uh, it's just so cool to hear some of these uh, long farm family legacy stories and how special they are, and especially the fun ones. But tell us a little bit more about 
the 80 years and what are there unique celebrations you're going to conduct? There, there are, and we've been doing it. Uh, even with COVID going on, we've been doing our celebrations. But uh, right now we're doing uh, the Agritainment Park at the farm, which is a, th- a theme park that we put together. We partnered with the Castle family, which is another third-generation family um, who've, who've been in carnival rides for three generations. And they were completely shut down. Uh, their business was uh, mostly in California. And so they'd been completely shut down. Um, we got talking with them and decided to do a partnership. They brought a bunch of their big, awesome, wonderful rides to complement our smaller um, family type rides. So we have over 25 rides and attractions oh going on at the farm right now. We opened up uh, the end of February and we've been doing it every weekend. It's been successful. We're going to extend it till the end of May uh, as part of our 80th anniversary celebration. And we're just having so much fun. It's just, it's a new event for us. You know, we have the great pumpkin and chili party in October every year. That's been going on for about 25 years. We've been doing Christmas now uh, for a couple of years, an amazing event that, uh, that we partner with as well with World of Illumination. And now we have this event, and this is just incredible, especially with COVID. I mean, what we were, what we learned is that people are just anxious to, to get out of the house and do something fun. You know, we have nearly 300 acres. People are able to spread out. We've spread out all the rides. We cap the number of people that can attend each day. So we've, you know, we followed the protocols that we needed to follow to make it a, a safe event. But we have just had a great time doing this, and we're going to continue on um, celebrating for the rest of the year. And, you know, you grow fun, but you also grow some crops. We do. <laughs> <laughs> and it's peach season. Yeah, oh, my so gosh. Uh, I have to tell you, my, my office manager came to me yesterday, and she says, what what do you put in the ground by the peach trees? Is it is it like some narcotic? Because when I get these <laughs> phone calls from people on the phone, they are so passionate about We've got to get your peaches. We want these peaches. When are they going to be ready? This year, it's been a mild uh, uh, spring, and so our peaches are a little later. Um, We have the very first. I brought a beautiful box of white peaches into the studio this morning. Literally the first box of peaches that were picked. I picked them myself yesterday. I've got a small crew picking. So because of COVID, we do things a little differently. We have a crew that, that gets out there and picks a lot of peaches, and then we sell them online. Only the number of boxes that we pick the day before. So we're able to do that. And uh, this year, unlike last year, uh, we are going to open up some U-Pick on a limited basis, but you have to get a ticket. It's You don't have to pay for it, but you have to get a ticket so that we can control the number of people that are going to be out in the orchards at any one time. Um, and uh, and so we'll be able to, to pick. People can order online peaches already picked, or they can come out on a limited basis and actually U-Pick this year as well. And isn't it true that you your farm harvest the earliest season peaches yeah, yeah. so in, tell that story. In, in the whole country we grow varieties that are, that are developed for the desert um, but also we have a wonderful sandy loam soil in queen creek which allows our fruit to ripen a little bit earlier than anywhere else and so we have literally the earliest peaches in the united states um, for sale and uh, with the varieties that we have and the soil conditions that we have. Now, in the old days, that was huge because we, they were all commercially picked and shipped, you know, off wherever, New York or Boston or wherever. Now it's all you pick and direct marketing. And we actually let the peaches sit on the trees a, a little bit longer so that they're nice and ripe. And, oh, and that's so quite juicy. a niche. Earliest yep. peaches narcotic yeah. infested. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, that, just, that's a narrow niche. And just for the record, <laughs> I don't put any narcotics in the orchards. They're all organic, okay? So uh, not certified organic, but but, but they're all chemical free. Uh, yeah, nothing nothing like that. It's just pe- people. These are good peaches. These are not just good. They're great peaches. You know, people compare them to like Georgia peaches or Colorado peaches. Um, 
they're different varieties than what they grow in those locations, but they are amazing. And with the soil conditions and, and with our heat, there's a different, there's a different flavor. It's, they're just so sweet and, and juicy. You if, have different if, if you varieties. Let different varieties. Come uh, off at different times we, so you can stretch the season out. We do. Talk we have about, about five different varieties that, that we grow because it's so warm here. You, ha- you have to get them picked all in about 10 days. Otherwise, they're overripe. So I have varieties that are staggered. They're ready at different times so I can stretch out my season. And um, so the, the earliest peaches are, um, are these white peaches. And then we go into what's called a Florida Prince and then to an early grand, which is our great big peach. And then we have a, a couple of others after that. So um, our season is it, this year, it looks like it's going to go through the end of May, uh, maybe into the first week of June, just because everything's delayed a little bit. Uh, but it's a good crop, and um, we're just excited that we're, st- we're the largest peach grower in Arizona with about 4,000 trees. We're excited that we're still here and, and growing, and uh, we have four kids in the family business. My wife, Carrie, works all the time. She's in our bakery. We do all kinds of making peach cinnamon rolls and peach tarts, and oh, my gosh, it just goes on and on. She just does amazing work, and that's just one of the thousand things that she does there at the farm. And you were trying to find out, uh, you know, we are going to talk, we're going to spend the next segment fully on the beer, craft beer. You were talking that you thought you even sold some of your peaches to one of the craft breweries. We we did, and it was Wilderness. Um, Okay. And we, we have done that for several years. They come out and they have a, there's a special variety that we grow that they like better than all the other varieties for their beer. And so they, they will come out. We'll either pick them and sell them to them, or they'll send a crew out and pick themselves. But it's Wilderness Brewing. So Wilderness Brewing and some of the other microbreweries, uh, craft brewers out there, post on Arizona Friends of Arizona Farm Bureau what flavors you, you uh, produce and share with us. And if you do peach craft beer, you need to post either on Friends of Arizona Farm Bureau, uh, Schneff Farms, especially if it's peach, and Arizona, you guys have your own uh, Facebook page, correct? We we do, and um, I'll definitely get the message out. Yeah. Um, I, as as you mentioned, uh, Arizona Wilderness has uh, worked extensively with Arizona Farms, um, and um, it really lends credibility to everything that they do, um, including their restaurant side. And it's the it's it's really you know difficult um, work. It's a lot easier to take some shortcuts, and I'm glad they've sort of led the way. And it's encouraged more craft breweries to, to um, take advantage of the Arizona products here. Well, I'm thinking that maybe some of our craft brewers are just as bad as farmers and do this 24-7 and <laughs> walk, <laughs> work all weekend. And so, Mark, um, knowing some of your customers and actually microbreweries that might be harvesting some of your peaches, tell us some other interesting partnerships with uh, Schneff Farms if they exist. Kind of like who comes to the farm and what do they get what do they want to use it with their like value-added product oh well um over the years we've had lots of of opportunities and, and discussions with people um we've we've had uh, uh wineries approach us about you know providing um peaches for peach wine uh which is a big one uh lots of um let's see bakeries and chefs oh we, yes we do a lot of we used to. We don't do so much anymore simply because the demand for our peaches is, uh, outstrips the supply. Uh, but we used to supply a lot of valley chefs uh, at their restaurants so, so that they could cook with their peaches. And they would have the whole month with Schneff Farms peaches with their pastries. And, and we still uh, work a lot with Vincent Garitow oh, yes. from Vincent's on Camelback. Yep. 
Um, but over the years, we've worked with uh, at least a dozen really well-known valley chefs, in, um, and, and they'll prepare special menus for the peaches. Got a full house in today at our Farm Fresh Hour. Julie Murphy, spokeswoman for Arizona Farm Bureau. Mark Schnepp of Schnepp Farms. And Rob Fulmer of the Arizona Craft Breweries Guild. More here at Rosie on the House right after this. I like brown bottles and aluminum cans. Call me simple, but that's who I am. You talked about beer being an ag product, and I have cousins in Louisiana that used to drink Budweiser. Not Bud Light, but specifically Budweiser because it was rice-based and they were rice farmers. So they were supporting their industry. But when Anheuser, they sold out and it's made with something different now, so they've switched. But there was a very long time where if you did not have true Budweiser... You were frowned upon because you weren't supporting the family business. <laughs> the rice business. See, there's always a connection. That's so true. Yeah, well, we, And we talk about the ag being a $23 billion industry on uh, chooseazbrews.com, the website for Arizona craft breweries. It talks about being a $1.14 billion uh, economic impact with over 9,000 jobs in 110 breweries. I would not have guessed we had 110 microbreweries here in Arizona. It's amazing. So tell us the story, Rob. Get into those numbers a little bit more. <laughs> well, um, um, we are manufacturers. We are um, also uh, uh, shopkeepers, and we are tap rooms, and we are restaurants. Um, and uh, we're very inefficient uh, in terms of using labor. Uh, we don't have those large automated um, processes. So um, all that all that adds up. And, and um um, you know, we did – that was in 2019. Uh, 2020 numbers are going to be uh, lower, although we, we, we created um, – we were only off by 10 or 15 percent on our volume produced, uh, but the margin is going to be so much lower. Uh, sure. Switching from draft beer in your own place and then having to, to package uh, adds 25 to, to $30 uh, more per uh, uh, barrel to, to make, so uh, – and we lost a lot of good people during um, the layoffs and, and things like that. So yeah, it made it tough. You know, it, so it truly is a craft. If it's kind of labor intensive, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is. Um, you know, I, I think <clears throat> um, a rule of thumb is one uh, brewery job equals forty three jobs downstream. So that that goes, you know, supporting um, farms, distributors. Uh, truck drivers, uh, people in retail, the the lodging industry. So, Rob, you even have kind of a wine background, too. So you know wine, you know beer. Makes sense you'd be the executive director. How does Arizona compare to some of the other states in the United States? Well, I, I, I like to say that um, uh, wine and beer sort of drape themselves over the landscape and sort of adjust. I mean, it, it, it's made with, a, you know, with yeast, which is a live entity. So... Um, it's adapted to, to mankind for uh, 10,000 years. Think about that. And so um, the beer and wine and, and spirits to some degree uh, are an expression of who you are. So um, all the things we love about Arizona are in our beers. Um, and so we're not going to – people say, when are you going to be the – are we going to be the next uh, San Diego? I'm like, well, we have palm trees in common with San Diego. Um but you we know, want to be different. We we are different. Yeah. We're going to be different. And, um, you know, Arizona is a, a, a beautiful place, and you can die in the middle 
of uh, the most remote part of it and within 45 minutes of driving. So it has to express all these things. Um, you know, as farm people, you know, there's a lot of risk in what you do. And, and when it comes together, it's just a beautiful thing. So Arizona, um, Arizona Farm Bureau is celebrating our centennial and we've partnered with Old Ellsworth Brewing Company. We wanted to partner with all of the craft brewers, but that's just, you know, trying to manage that. And we're celebrating all the craft brewers here in Arizona. Again, any of our craft brewers that are listening, um, tap in with comments either on Friends of Arizona Farm Bureau, Schneff Farms, um, the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild, and let us know what your take is on everything. But anyway, we are partnered with Ellsworth Brewing Company, and that's in Queen Creek, too. It is too. in Queen Creek, yep. yes. Um, on our signature beer, and we were privileged to have Rob bring some of those cans in. If we were on TV, TV we could show them, but we'll do some picture-taking and social media posts. So talk about our CN beer. Sure. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's with uh, um, partners, uh, Sanagua Malt. Um, Sanagua has a, an amazing story. It is uh, a farm cooperative, and, and they are malting barley, but it's a, uh, it's a benefit corporation, meaning they don't measure their success in dollars. They measure their, their success uh, in terms of uh, achieving goals with the Nature Conservancy, so they measure in gallons of water saved. So, as you as you all know, um, Arizona can produce world class uh, 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 barley for uh, wheat for pasta, and also barley. The problem is for beer, it has to be malted. It, you have to trick the plant into thinking it's going to reseed, and then you have to stop that process. Uh, and you can stop at various points uh, with heat, and then you roast it. For different flavors. So that's why the same grain can make a very dark, almost coffee black beer and a very light pale straw beer. And that all of that is an art. And um, that's being done by Sanagua. They convert uh, the grain, or excuse me, they convert farms from alfalfa, which is high water use in, in June, July. Um, barley, you stop watering in June. So by the time you harvest it, it's bone dry and it, it, it's more amenable to the to the malting process. Where are they located? Um, they're, they they have their malt uh, uh, operation in um, Camp Verde. Okay. And, um, you know, the farms are, are um, uh, east of there, uh, northeast of there. Um, Talk about the flavor of the beer. Sure. Oh, this, uh, and we will. We will in the third segment. <laughs> All right. We can do a lot of things, but we can't stop the clock. Time for bottom of the hour news break. We'll be back with uh, Arizona Farm Bureau and their guests, Mark Schnepp, Schnepp Farms, and Rob Fulman, uh, excuse me, Fulmer of the Arizona Craft Brewery Guild here at Rosie on the House. I'm not known for doing a lot. I do my best work when the weather's hot, hot. I'm pretty good at drinking beer. So, so Rob, quickly tell us a little bit more about our celebration beer that Arizona Farm Bureau's po- um, partnered with Ellsworth Brewing. And I want sure. to talk more about the farmer ag connection. Sure, sure. Um, well, I, I know it's also uh, using uh, grain from uh, grain R&D. Um, uh, that would be unmalted, and it's usually there for, for body and color and um, some flavor. Um, but this is a California common style uh, or, or uh, steam beer. Uh, the most classic example is Anchor Steam, um, who have 
led the way in the 60s, believe it or not, mm. for the craft beer movement, Fritz Maytag. Uh, but this is uh, this is supposed to have a rustic character, and I think that lends itself well uh, because the, the, the base malts grown here uh, are not going to be the same. We're, we're at a different parallel, right, from classic uh, grain belt, which is, uh, you know, northern uh, – part of the country between, you know, uh, uh, Washington State all the way to Minnesota, that grain. Um, so it's going to have that rustic character. It would be more akin to what you would be able to get if when things were produced, everything was produced locally. And we went rust. We want rustic. Arizona Farm Bureau is celebrating 100 years this year. <laughs> so, yeah. so I've tried it, and I think it's excellent. It's it, a very good beer. It's a great everyday beer, um, and it has uh, you know all, all of the characters you'd want in, in something like that to tell that story for sure. So, you know, we have our farmer, we have our craft brewer guy here. So, um, and I always say that beer, like wine, is an ag product. And I know a lot of our craft brewers are really trying to tap into some of the talents of our farmers. Mark, they've already used your peaches. Would you ever? grow some of the grains that they might need or um, does I it would, make sense where you're at? It, well, it does because Queen Creek has amazing soil. We, we used to grow a lot of Durham wheat. Um, we have uh, a good friend of mine, Steve Sossman, who grows um, grains out there for uh, his flowers and, and for beers. And so um, we wouldn't because that's not our niche. Our niche is fruit and vegetables and getting people to out to the farm to actually pick fresh fruits and vegetables. But it's certainly uh, uh, done and uh, can expand. In fact, our Durham Desert Wheat, which is a registered brand, is sought after because of its quality. I think three or four months ago we talked about that. And the Desert Durham Wheat is very much sought after by the Italians for the pasta. So so going back to that point, Rob, what farmers have you worked with? Uh, well, I don't work at any of the farmers at all. I work with the breweries. But um, I, I know um, in terms of, of what breweries are looking for, for first and foremost, I mean, our, 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 the chief ingredient is water, which is, is local. But most of the things historically have been shipped in. Um, the large amounts of grain needed, uh, hops. People think we can grow hops here, but um, it's hours of daylight per day, not total daylight, uh, because it is much like wine. You have to grow it in a certain period of time. It grows very quickly, um, you know, several feet, you know, a day uh, in the in the right conditions. Um, so uh, it, we try to make the agricultural connection because I think we want to tell stories and we want to support um, our farms. Um, and so it is fruit generally, not vegetables, but uh, uh, pumpkins for sure. Um, that is an American addition to the beer story. Uh, there was there weren't pumpkin beers before. Uh, United States uh, apples. We also work with uh, the meaderies and cideries too here in Arizona. Awesome. So um, um, apples, uh, uh, but uh, you know, desert desert things too as well. Uh, prickly pear characters, uh, cactus is a very popular item. But um, you know, in terms of, of getting the base grain situation issue, yeah, it's I really appreciate those craft brewers that try to reach out and make some of that local ag connection, like Mark, for your point, the peaches and the, just the quality and the craftsmanship of some of our craft brewers and everything. That's why I felt like I need to pull you in, Rob, because you're kind of representing them all. <laughs> well, we need to do these small fun projects and they lead to other things because I would have never dreamed that we would be able to have malted barley in Arizona um, 10 years ago, uh, before just before I started this job. And um, to have that here now and to see the potentially for something like that to, to, to be 
uh, an everyday part of all of our beers. You know, that's 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 a career uh, uh, goal right now to do that. So cool. Any favorite beers? <laughs> the one I'm in, in my hand is always the answer. Yes. Um, but we do have a series called Rebuild the Guild uh, that uh, help our organization. We're not able to do live events. Uh, this was a coffee pale ale from Oso. It has my little character on it. Um, Love it. So, yeah. Uh, so if you see anything that says Rebuild the Guild, that helps our organization directly uh, because we weren't able to do events for like 14 months now. Work True events. Working through his college at NAU, my cousin uh, picked up a job at Beaver Street Brewery. And, you know, they have what they call growlers, and it's a gallon of beer, and it's always a glass in each microbrewery. You know, a lot of them will have their own custom labeling on it. And he started collecting them for his change, and we started doing that. And it just out of that, um, it became like a little bit of a hobby to seek out microbreweries and get a growler from each of the different ones. I think I probably have... I don't know, about 10 or 15, and looking at your list of 110, I've got a lot of work to do here <laughs> to complete my Arizona Growler collection. You certainly do. We, we extend from uh, Colorado City, of all places, to Bisbee, to Yuma, and all wow. points in between. And you were talking about uh, the fact that there was 20, did I have that right, 20 new breweries in Phoenix in the last couple of years. I mean, there I don't know any other industry that has grown. It's not like there's 20 new grocery stores, 20 new car dealerships, 20 new... Sure, sure. Well, that's significant. Well, I mean, it, it, nationwide, um, um, since the, the, the 90s uh, to today, uh, we've gone from literally um, 12 breweries to 9,000. Um, our, our growth rate is similar to that, um, but Arizona is a very unique state in that, you know, Phoenix is a very large, populous city, but it also spread out the rest of the state, uh, you know, um, we don't have the mining towns like Colorado does, and we don't have uh, you know uh, a city at every freeway exit like a lot of places on the East Coast. But this is again why I say our beer will be an expression of who we are as a state and and what we choose to celebrate, and um, and it will be driven by our mistakes too. So <laughs> um, very, I, I take it very personally. I'm very proud of what we do. So Rob was talking about some of the special things they're doing with the guild. Mark, tell us a little bit more of some of the things that you're offering, uh, some, any specials, and then the fact that you're celebrating your 80, 80th year in farming. Yep, it's our 80th anniversary this year, so we're, we, uh, despite COVID, we're, we're doing a great job of celebrating. We are hosting um, the Schneff Farms Agritainment Park which is a theme park with over 25 rides and attractions right now. It goes on every evening, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday evening. Um, we are offering special family four packs for $89. And, and when you get your, your ticket, your entrance, you can go on all the rides as many times as you want. Um, and so you just go online at schnefffarms.com and uh, there'll be a link and you can uh, actually get those family four packs or just, just come and enjoy the tickets at the door are $29 to, to come and do that. But it's also peach season and we're going to be starting peaches again. People are going to need to order those online. Um, because we don't sell more than what we pick. And so we'll, they'll need to order those online for the next day. Um, they'll be able to pick those up. And we will have limited U-Pick available on the peaches uh, by ticket, which, again, you'll have to go on our website and get a ticket to come on and actually do the U-Pick. And that's how you've managed the ability to at least have a certain number of people on the farm, but without 
breaking any of the COVID when, when constraints. We, when we ho- and we don't do it anymore, but when we hosted our Peach Festival, we had as many as 15,000 people in one day. Whoa. Just can't do that. So, yes, so we have to cap the number of limit the number. And that's how we do it is, is by um, having uh, uh, people order online uh, pre-picked peaches or getting a, a ticket at no cost to come on a particular day at a particular time to pick you pick peaches. Yeah. And as long as you're going down there, you might as well shop in the shop. Absolutely. I mean, we have an amazing. Thank you for that. There's so much stuff on here. I'm coming. I'm coming. There's salsa and hot sauces, preserves and jellies, fresh baked goods. As long as you're going down there, just load up. Yeah, we have lots of stuff in our garden, too. We have all different kinds of organic you pick vegetables that people can enjoy, plus all the entertainment that's going on. So that's why we call it agritainment, because there's uh, really good, fresh fruits and vegetables, as well as just a lot of family fun. Now, are y'all running the train right now? We are. The train is one of the 25 attractions that we're running but it runs during the day as well so you can just come during the day if you want on the weekends and uh, uh, pay for a train ride to go around uh, the farm uh, and uh, and then if you want to wait until five o'clock in the evening then we open up and pay for a ticket to come on in and enjoy the other 24 rides and attractions and is the little sandwich shop open too? It's we it's our bakery, so we're not currently doing sandwiches. But my gosh, we're baking all kinds of amazing things, including the the peach cinnamon rolls, and peach pies, um, and the and the tarts and the puff pastries. And I mean, my wife Carrie is just really getting into. She does some specialty stuff in breads too. We do incredible breads, so lots of uh, lots of good calories there. Yeah, I just wanted to say um, this is what you get when you get businesses that are. Folded into the community, um, they are they adapt to the conditions. Um, you know, I'm sure. Well, we discussed a little bit about uh, adapting to COVID and all that stuff, but um, that's what we try to uh, do with our breweries. We try to fold them in the community. So, like, we do what what the community wants and, and what the opportunities are. So, um, that's just my request to support uh, all the industries and breweries and. Um, uh, farms and, and people who are invested in the community. I mean, that's really why we have a common language between each other. And for people that are curious what farms they can still go to through a limited number, through signing up on their website, in the case of Schneff, it's Schneff's Farms. Just Google that. You'll find their website. Uh, you can go also fillyourplate.org. Fill Your Plate has a searchable list of farms that you can still visit. Again, we're in covid I'm, I'm trusting this is the tail end of the pandemic. We won't be talking about it anymore next year. Uh, but um, we can visit other farms. There's Mortimer Farms up north. There's Apple Annie's down south. Uh, I like to always kind of, and it goes back to your point, Rob, that, you know, they've embedded themselves in the community. And they've created an environment for families to enjoy each other in kind of a fun-filled day. And it, what's the best place to do that? on these farms that you can visit. So we don't just have Oktoberfests anymore. Right. Uh, Schneff Farms, you're year-round. And actually, I want to give you props on this. And Carrie, absolutely. She has her fingers in everything, including some of that famous Schneff bread that you get, the (laughs) dough, uh, the uh, famous bread that you guys produce. But you guys were one of the first agritainment farms here in the state of Arizona, correct? We, we're one of the first. We, we weren't the first. Young's, I think, was uh, going okay. uh, up in uh, right. uh, Prescott, in that Prescott area. And um, and uh, Apple Annie's was going on down in uh, w- in the Wilcox area. But we, 
Uh, and then, then there's a couple of Duncans were in operation at that point in time as well. However, we have grown fast and we are one of the largest um, agritainment farms in the entire country now. Really? With over 300,000 visitors that come and visit our farm with all of the events that we do. We have three wedding venues, so we're doing over 150 weddings a year at the farm. We host concerts. Uh, we have um, special events and corporate events and all kinds of things that, that really bring people uh, out to the farm to enjoy that type of um, atmosphere. And you have four kids, and the four of them are embedded in the farm, too. They, Your they, oldest is really involved. They are. Carrie and I have worked our fannies off over the years um, when it would have been much easier just to sell, sell the farm. And so we have four kids, and they're all involved in it. Moving to the country, I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. I'm moving to the country, so, I'm going to eat me a Mark, lot of peaches. Mark, on break, you said something I kind of want you to repeat here. You said that the pandemic has actually caused you to restructure? Yeah, yeah. We out of necessity, we had to do things differently. And we found that there are certain things that, that we've uh, adopted during COVID that we like. I mean, the, the, uh, the, the crowd control, the limiting the number of people at one time, um, ordering all of our peaches, not all of, but a lot of our peaches online uh, ahead of time. Uh, saves the, the the stress of having a day where people have driven from the west side of, of Phoenix to buy a box of peaches, but we're out of them because we don't we don't right. We just there have we had too many people. And then they people. have to go home empty-handed. Yeah. They are they get mad and sad. And um, for people ahead. like me that don't like crowds, was one of the reasons. Like when you said we have fifteen thousand, like I love Schnapp Farms, but I'd never go there when there's fifteen thousand. <laughs> it would not be enjoyable to me. <laughs> And Rob- well, it's it's not enjoyable for us either because the lines are long and, and people are grumpy and it's just no it's it's much it's much better so we have figured out um, we've learned from this experience as awful as it has been and uh, we're going to have a, a better experience for people when they come to the farm in the future that's awesome and Rob you kind of even indicated with what you're doing obviously you're events oriented in trying to promote the craft beers but yeah I mean uh, they're going to be different um, we'll still probably track with our um, some of our old events but um, it's forced us to re-examine um, a lot of different things and um, um, I think we're going to do smaller things we're going to take advantage uh, of the time that we have to plan now and, and, and do some t- more targeted things instead of having the big uh, festival exposition type of thing um we're going to take a look at every opportunity now. And, um, you know, it, our breweries is the same thing. Um, there are breweries that have changed the way they service. Uh, They're doing more direct-to-consumer things, um, delivery uh, to go. Um, we actually um, changed the law to allow beer to be picked up through a drive through window, um, you know, is a safety measure during this, this right. time. So um, a lot of that is going to be driven that way. And, and um, you know, I, I partner with other event producers and – we're going to we have an alliance and we're going to look at improving um, that uh, that section of the uh, entertainment and, and events industry because there's there's some work to be done there. So interesting. Out of pain comes innovation, rethinking, new strategies. You know, we found that at Arizona Farm Bureau. And I just, I just have to reemphasize because I think about how much fun I've had when I've been to Schneff Farms. Everyone, listeners all over the state. If you uh, want to visit some of our farms, they can be visited now. Go to fillyourplate.org and select that link that says farms to visit. And you had mentioned that, you know, one of the big products in beer is water. And you talked about pain and invention. Do we want to talk about the uh, 
beer made out of reclaimed water from the city of Scottsdale purification uh, plant? Sure, sure we can. Um, um, yeah, water is an important commodity uh, for all of us, and, and it's uh, special to beer. It's a majority of uh, uh, beer is water. Um, and we've done that, – that was actually the second um, series of beers we made from um, reclaimed polished water. Uh, not, uh, we, that's the, the term they want us to use, not, not wastewater, but uh, that's okay. Uh, uh, we, we, we did it once uh, with um, uh, uh, people who uh, work in that industry. They wanted to um, demonstrate straight-up proof of concept. It was the process that allowed uh, wastewater plants to get certified to make um, – potable water. Um, and and um, I think there was a lot of misconceptions that all beers were going to be made that way. And I think our job is to show that we believe in the science, we believe in the process. And um, when if we're able to uh, use our water chemistry skills, because we break down the water and we re-add minerals depending on the style of beer, generally speaking, um, if, if we believe in that process, then we know that we can promote that this is a safe process. And I mean, all they do right now is they treat the water and then they pump it back into the ground. <laughs> so there you go. So do not accuse agriculture of using all the water. <laughs> accuse us, the beer drinkers, the wine drinkers. The We have to eat. So we're the ones using the water, right? Well, we can all blame the golf courses. There you go. <laughs> and Mark, uh, last time y'all were on, you were just starting a... Uh, an airstream camping, you know, where you somebody could come to Schnepp Farms, rent an airstream, you know, old school '60s, '50s style trailer, and, and stay in it for the weekend. Are y'all still offering that? We, we are still doing that. In fact, we're expanding. That's that's one of my wife's uh, pet projects. We have now nine um, vintage airstream trailers that people can can uh, stay in. Um, she's adding four more, so we're going to have uh, thirteen or fourteen. She may add another one on top of that. But we're those are so much fun. They they're. From 1947 to 1972 is the uh, the years that they were built, and they're all totally refurbished. Re, uh, However, we've kept the original um, insides as much as possible. So you go in there, and they're very vintage. They're very cool. It's like a time capsule. You go back in time, and you can come out and enjoy the farm. We deliver breakfast to you if you want. There's robes. Um, there's barbecues for each one. Uh, there's bikes, bicycles so you can ride around our 300-acre farm and, and go out to the garden or see the animals. We have a petting zoo and we have a herd of deer. And, and so there's just lots of fun stuff. But it's been real successful. And interestingly enough, it was really successful last summer during COVID when people were desperate to kind of go somewhere and they, they needed to feel safe. And so they were able to come out. So, But anyway, um, it's it's super and we're going to keep doing it and we're excited about it. We have so much fun because people come out and, and a lot of times there will be a group that, that rents all nine of them at the same time. Oh, wow. That's bed and breakfast farm style. Yeah. <laughs> and Julie, how can someone support uh, their local ag? So if you want to support Arizona Farm Bureau, we're nonprofit and our efforts for farmers, their advocacy, communications, and education, just sign up for our membership. You can do it online. It's 59 bucks for the year. I mean, it's cheap. And you get a list of all the benefits and a yes. lot of places you go buy items and you know you've got farm bureau discounts and and if you have the discount you can some of the farms offer the discount azfb.org or fillyourplate.org yeah and fillyourplate.org <laughs>